Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Welcome to Shameless, the celebrity and pop culture podcast that goes deep on all the dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne journalists Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews. Hello, Zara. Hello. Coming up on today's show, Brad and Andrew's messy but meticulous divorce, Sam and Tara's very public relationship breakdown, and the gossip Instagram accounts keeping celebrities accountable. But are they actually a good thing? But first, Michelle, as always, how was your week gone? It was a topsy-turvy week. I think it was one of those weeks where a lot of life stuff is just thrown at you. However, I won't get bogged down in those details. I am currently writing an article where I live a certain celebrity's life for a week. Like I live their lifestyle. Who have you chosen? I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to – I'm not sure if I can. Oh, good point. Based on the publication. I'll just keep it under wraps for now. But this celebrity that I've chosen – Kim Kardashian? No. The celebrity I've chosen, her lifestyle is so – just so extreme. Oh, Paltrow. Yes. And Gwyneth, so, of course. <laughs> so extreme. And I'm taking a heap of vitamins every day. And on my way here, I had to drink water mixed with apple cider vinegar. The breakfast I had this morning was the most disgusting breakfast. What was it? I had to like hand make this uh, naturally sprouted organic cereal mixed with like lentils and just random stuff. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Okay, firstly, how much is this, this costing Oh, my God, so much money. More than the, probably you're going to get commissioned for the story. Secondly, <laughs> you're complaining about it, but I imagine you would have pitched it. Yeah, I did pitch it. Yeah. This is the thing. I'm a bit of a masochist, right? For sure. So I just enjoy this type of content, diary-style content where you try something out or you experiment something and then you report back. Do you think that maybe you're a little bit of the sucker because the person in question, let's call it Paltrow, probably doesn't even follow this this stuff herself it's just out there no the, the celebrity has actually given interviews saying this is what i eat for breakfast this is what i do for lunchtime but i know this is what that I do for dinner. but i'm just saying she's probably full of shit i don't know oh you're also clickbaiting this article so badly well done um <laughs> <laughs> i'm but, just not sure if the publication would like me putting no the fair idea enough but i'm just saying I... you're selling it well um right i'm thinking though regards to these kinds of things when i read a day on the play it's fiction for sure Oh, no, none yeah. of them are real. I remember last year Lola Berry did her day on a plate with I think it was Sydney Morning Herald or the Yeah, Age. they do they do it and then they're like a nutritionist sort of rates it. Oh, it's so funny. It is funny. I, I consider it more of here's my best self on a plate. And if I did my best self on the plate, well, <laughs> my day on a plate would look wonderful. If I did my average self on a plate, well, I'm not gonna put it in print. Well, my best self wouldn't come close to this. I'll just give you a little little insight. Are we still going on about this? Um, one of the things I'm taking is a supplement for bee saliva. Jesus. Do you realize how much B saliva supplements cost? It's a lot of money. 
why do people do this? I don't know, but I took my sister. Does it not just make you hate the world a little bit? It does a little bit, but I took Evelyn yesterday. She's my sister who's becoming a doctor. And she was just rolling her eyes at everything, looking up the benefits of eating bee saliva and bee extract. This is when I think that the world should be clones so that we don't have rogue people like this going off and, and taking supplements of bee saliva. It's been an interesting week so far. I'll tell you that much. Well, I lived my life this week. Nobody else's. And it was pretty boring, <laughs> you, to be honest. One thing you are doing that you keep talking to me about is watching Survivor. Oh, I have to. I know. But I wanted to talk about this a little bit later. But I am very into Survivor. This is my new reality TV sort of obsession. Mm-hmm. Although I've been into Survivor since I was tiny. I feel like Survivor is a kind of show where there's a huge group of people that have actually watched it forever with their parents or their brothers and their sisters. And my dad has been obsessed with it forever. It's got the most loyal fan base. Basically, I, also think, I also think, and this is a big call, but I would love to to see this pop up in the Facebook group if people agree. Um, I think it has the, the highest IQ in terms of reality Ooh. show viewers, for sure. Because smart people like this reality show more really? than any others because it's it's a game and you watch how people it's actually a social experiment I know that a lot of reality TV shows pretend to be social experiments this actually is how people interact how they form alliances how they actually win the game is so interesting well I can say a lot of my very very intelligent friends are all watching Survivor I did say it a bit tongue-in-cheek then and it came across so <laughs> wanky but I actually Hamish Blake loves it is Does Hamish that- Blake Smart? Of course. Okay. If you can crack jokes that quickly, you have to be smart. Okay, great. Well, yeah, awesome. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> Maybe I should start watching Survivor just so I feel smart. Yeah. No, IQ of reality TV show watchers, not hugely high. And I'm saying this because I am one of them. <laughs> um, but I say this is, I reckon this is the smartest one. Yeah, so it's best of a bad bunch. Correct. First thing I did think we should get onto today, Mish, is Brad and Angelina's divorce. Now, this week there was quite a few back and forth articles around the details of their divorce. Do you want to get us started into what actually happened? Yeah, I'll go through the order because everything happened so quickly. Oh, it was yeah. almost like Australia caught up to the news and then it was it was just real confusion as to what actually happened yeah. and how it all unfolded. So the order here is super important. Very first of all, we had Brad's people leaking stories about Angelina being hostile. That was yeah. to TMZ. TMZ is always on Brad's side in these stories. Don't know why. They must have a really close relationship with his people at TMZ. Very soon after the reports of Angelina being hostile came the NBC News report citing legal documents that Brad was shirking child support payments. Yep. Basically, Angelina saying you're a deadbeat dad. You're not giving me the money that was arranged between us or whatever. After that, it was... Brad's people then coming out against Angelina and accusing her of a publicity stunt. Angelina's people coming out and accusing Brad of manipulating the situation to try and make her look like a bitch. Yes. Thoughts? A lot of thoughts, actually. I've had a lot of thoughts over the course of their divorce because I think it's played out in a really subtly interesting way in the media to the point at which I don't think many people would realise how much both Brad and Ange are trying to control the new cycle and and the stuff that's going out there. There's something curious about the way Angelina Jolie crafts her image publicly. And I think what you have to do is look back decades to see how she's done it. And I think that's why when I consider that, and I'll go into a bit of detail in a second, I'll almost be on Brad's quote-unquote side Mm -hmm. in these kinds of things. I will tend to believe him a little bit more. And I think the first reason for this is that when Brad and Ange divorced two years ago, Oh, well, separated the divorce. Oh, sorry. Even through yet. Yeah, you're right. When they separated two years ago, for some people, they might remember that the, they've, you know, announced the separation or the separation date is dated back to 
when the couple were allegedly on a plane and something went down on that plane and she went and filed child abuse charges against Brad towards her older son Maddox. Mm -hmm. Now the FBI, because it was in the air, um, looked into it and there was nothing in it. He wasn't charged with anything. I thought that was a really interesting start to their divorce proceedings. The fact that that story came out, she very clearly probably leaked it and that's the tone that she wanted to set, that he was the hopeless deadbeat dad and she was the loving mother who wasn't going to stand for it. Yeah, and that was the narrative, that he was an alcoholic with an anger problem. And still to this day, he has to have supervision during his time with his kids. So that story has definitely influenced the way they now behave as parents. He literally can't be with the children unless he has a psychologist or a supervisor, an independent, unbiased supervisor with him. And that stands two years later. And there's absolutely a reason we know that. Yeah. She's, she, that's what she wants us to know. There's something deeply uncomfortable about this story, I think. Yeah, it is for sure. But I think we also do know that there is a kernel of truth to the idea that Brad Pitt does have substance abuse of issues. Course. I mean, he's admitted it in his... Do you remember that very funny... Um, it wasn't oh, meant to be GQ. funny. The GQ cover where it was... It was really funny and really interesting and super earnest. Anyway, he did admit to having substance abuse problems then. Regarding child support... He, he says that he's contributed 1.3 million US dollars to Jolie and the kids since they separated in two years and loaned Jolie a further $8 million to buy her house. She came back out and she said, a loan is not child support. We needed to move on from the family home. He got to keep it. I thought that wording was so interesting. We needed to move on. The, the really careful language between Jolie and her lawyer here is just progressively biting into Brad Pitt's image. Mm. The idea that they needed to move, that they had no other choice, that they had to get out as, as if their safety was in trouble is really curious to me. Now, whether or not it's true, it's just, it just feels like, that's why I feel uncomfortable about this is the the careful way they're chipping away at his image. Well, I mean, you said before that you probably gravitate towards Brad Pitt's side. I don't think I actually do that here. I don't feel a pull towards either Brad or Angelina's arguments because I do think Brad's people leaking stories about Angelina being difficult to work with and being a bit of a moody person to her lawyer. I think that's very gendered as well to come out and be like, oh, she's such a hysterical woman not even her lawyer can deal with her is there not something a little bit gendered about being a deadbeat dad that can't look after your kids i don't i'm just saying it's like what came first the chicken or the egg she set the tone of that divorce for those for divorce proceedings mm-hmm. the minute she leaks that story mm-hmm. about maddox and him having some kind of altercation on the on the plane and and making sure that he's being investigated on child abuse charges but like, hang on what ha- what happens if he did abuse the child well he he didn't that's because the FBI laid not even a charge. It wasn't even he was investigated and found innocent. There was not a charge. Mm. I think it would be a very different story if it was true. But clearly with hindsight, it wasn't. Perhaps it just fell into a realm that didn't constitute child abuse, but it constituted for her as a mother abuse of her own child. Do so so you she, get what I mean? That maybe legally it was fine. Her child, I think we also have to be careful because it's his child too. I think she very carefully constructs this image where those six kids are hers and he has ownership again quote unquote over only a couple because they're his biological children but they're all of his kids too he's adopted all of them they're his kids so I think you'd have to be a a kind of a strange kind of father or we'd have to be a pretty disbelieving audience to not say that he has six kids that he would want to protect and look after just as much as she does but that's the image that she's put out that he doesn't care I, I just find it interesting like I said I mean I'm not passionate enough to really care that much but I also thought it was interesting. People interviewed a 
family law specialist called Steve Mindel, who's not involved with the case, but he said Jolly's filing regarding the child support stuff was really unusual because if she went ahead with this stuff and tried to really fight him on the child child support stuff, it would require her to make her finances public. Mm. And that never happens in celebrity cases. They never make their finances public. They then have to fight in court publicly about how much their child or their children, sorry, need, feasibly need. And then they'd have to go into detail about what their children, you know, what kind of costs are involved, private jets, maybe private school. That's not the kind of stuff that she's going to want out there. So this does feel like a little bit of a media ploy that she's not going to go through with because if she does, all of that stuff's going to have to be made public too. And this is where I'm a bit perplexed. The commentary from a lot of experts with inverted commas around that word in the field have said this is all a publicity stunt and both sides are playing it up. Absolutely. I agree with that. What I'm curious by is what is there to gain from this being a publicity stunt? Honestly, like why... Why drag your family and your children, if you're so concerned for your children and their welfare, why drag their other parent into this global media storm and invite all of this attention? Seriously, the psychology of some celebrities just baffles me that you would even want this to be so public and so open when it's clearly a very toxic environment and not very nice between either side. No, and I agree with that. It does surprise me and does strike me as odd considering they were for a very long time, over a decade, one of the more private couples in the industry. Yeah, and one of the more dignified, I would say. They yeah. kind of rose above a lot of the dirty gossip and the magazine dialogue about their relationship. They rose above that. But Which, this just all seems really gross and it makes me think that I do not understand celebrities. I don't understand the way they operate. I don't understand their brains because it is so foreign to me. Well, I think in this kind of case, a lot of it isn't as thought out as we would like to think. I think maybe she wanted to divorce him. I think maybe, like I've said a million times, she set the tone for that those divorce proceedings and ever since then, it's been shot after shot. And what are you going to do, cower when someone's going to try and tell you that you're an alcoholic deadbeat dad or cower when you're told that you're a hostile, terrible human who's hard to work with. Like how many people are going to stand for that? When I said before, I like looking at at both of their history regarding how they play the media. Kenzie Bryant wrote for Vanity Fair this week, when the court of public opinion skewered the actress, that's Angelina Jolie, for her part in the divorce of America's sweethearts, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, photos appeared of Jolie visiting Afghan refugee camps with later images showing her and Pitt meeting earthquake victims in Pakistan which I thought was so true. The minute they, – they didn't fall out with the, with the world for very long after, after that, that affair. And they very well could have. They played that perfectly, mm. both of them. Mm. So they're very well trained in these kinds of things. If they're so well trained, I just wish they'd shut up. Is that bad? No, not at all. I agree. Although part of me doesn't because it's interesting. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. As always, we will be taking you through the top five celebrity headlines that you might have missed from the rough and tumble of the news cycle this week. Zara, you are taking it away. I am. First on my list, Beyonce, obviously. Beyonce reveals she delivered twins through emergency C-section, has embraced her mummy pouch. That is from The Fix. I'll be brutally honest. I did not care about this story. I did not understand why it caused such... The, the FUPA. The FUPA. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand it either, but obviously there's a whole heap of mums out there who have a FUPA, which is a, is it a fat upper pubic area? Or? Fat upper pubic area. Which is the 
the fix are calling it very politely the mummy pouch I can't believe that that was the biggest takeaway from that interview yeah not at all and uh, although there wasn't much to be honest there wasn't much interesting in it at all no I didn't really I, I just think we put Beyonce on this pedestal where everything she says and does is incredible oh god yeah I read that piece and I was like Okay, cool. It sounds like something I've read a million times before from a million different people. Her image is so carefully crafted that I just find it deadbeat boring. Yeah. I so This boring. story to me, the whole mummy pouch, the fupa thing, perhaps it is because I haven't had children before, so maybe if I had had children then it would really appeal to me. But surely Even she, then, the she's body not the posi- first woman who's come out and said, I'm embracing my post-baby body. It's just another way of saying it. Exactly. The post-baby body sentiment has been out there for years, over a decade I would say now, for Beyonce to come out and say, mm, I really love my mummy pouch. It's like, okay, great, but you still put out this really strict ideal of what a woman needs to look like. You continue to do that. If you care so much about your mummy pouch and you want to embrace it, give us a photo or show us. Or put it on the cover of Vogue. Yeah, you can talk about it all you want, but if you're still going to have it photoshopped out and covered up and whatever, what does that actually mean? It's true. Number two, viewers fume at Survivor contestant Zach. Never seen a bigger sexist pig on TV from news.com. You're going to have to take this away because I didn't watch it. Have you it. not followed this at all? Not really. Have you not seen really. the commentary around? I mustn't he, be intelligent enough. He, <laughs> I actually have so many regrets from saying that already. Um, he is disgusting. So smug and so disgusting. He So this is a Survivor contestant who is on the contender team, which means he's not really with all of the athletes and things like that. Yeah. They are just average Australians. And he has been complaining about how the women aren't up to scratch. He's saying we're stuck with it on the island with a group of mums who can't compete with the athletes. He's talking about how he said to the girls in their face, I know you guys did a bit of F45 for four weeks before you came oh. on here, but it's it's not good enough. He said... What is he? Is he some athlete? He's like, some like PT, hiding? but honestly, like he can get in the bin. Okay. Um, his best quote was, could the girls beat me in a physical challenge? Hell no. Could they beat me in a dishwashing challenge? Maybe. Shut Dead up. serious. Dead serious. It wasn't even like a tongue-in-cheek joke. What an asshole! It's just like this smug, slimy asshole. Before we move on, can you clarify something for me? I have seen headlines around about these people riding on Instagram. What, how are they riding on Instagram? They're on an island. No, they're not. It's all been filmed. It was filmed what months ago? Really? Oh god, yeah. It wasn't. It's not. It's not like happening now. No. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, so it's like The Bachelor. I didn't realise that with Survivor. No, yeah, I know. I don't know if it's always been like this. I don't know if they do it a bit differently every season or across the world, but this season definitely was filmed a couple of months ago. Oh, my God. Okay, that's cleared up a lot for me. Thank you. So if they are writing on Instagram, it's definitely them. Okay, wow. Yep. Number three, exclusive. Kourtney Kardashian already in a good place after her breakup from E! News. I wonder why E! News had the exclusive on that. I know, and why it's such a positive spin on the entire thing. So she was dating that 24-year-old model. Yes. I don't even know his name. I can't be bothered to remember it. Yeah. He Like, of course it wasn't going to last. It won't last like Scott Disick and Sophia Ritchie will last. No, but I love how she's trying to spin the news. Yeah, I know. It's fine. Have you been watching the new season of Keeping Up the Kardashians? I've never seen an episode. Okay, I watched the first episode of season 15, which came out last week. Courtney Kardashian is probably the least likable Kardashian I out thought, of all of them. I don't know why I just assumed she was the most likable. Absolutely not. No, she uh, in that first episode, she seems very difficult. And of course, it's all editing and production, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to have to give a caveat to every comment I make about a reality television yeah. star. She puts herself in this position to be judged. Yeah, she is the least likable Kardashian sister. Uh, Kim. 
Is that absolutely right? really? Kim Kardashian? Yep. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Of she course, it d- does. She definitely puts herself across in the show as this person who organizes everything, gets everything done, um, grins and bears it kind of thing. Grin and bears it. Grins and either works. I just can't imagine her <laughs> as being the grinning and bearing type. No, she does. Whereas uh, Courtney is very difficult and very negative and quite a yeah has a very low energy. That she Maybe that's why she has like the least amount of Instagram followers out of everyone in her family. Yeah, perhaps. Anyway, number four, I am turtling my way through this slowly. <laughs> I don't know if I can actually use that as a verb, being a turtle. Turtling my way through this. Bachelor star Michael Turnbull says he's turning to politics. That is from the Courier Mail. Can we just move on already? I love that the Courier Mail is covering this story. Why does he do this to us? I don't know. I did try to get the inside scoop. I posted this in our Facebook page, Shameless Celebrity Gossip. I sent him comments on the Instagram post where he's like, tell me what you guys want in the world and bringing change and hashtag. We should have just said not you. Yeah, no. Well, I just said, are you left wing or right wing? What do you think of our relationship with the US? What about the relationship with China? What's your stance on refugees? Did you do that in your account or our account? No, on our account. He didn't respond. That's so embarrassing that you put that out there on behalf of me. I'll definitely chase it back up again today. Maybe we should actually – I think we should um, message him privately. I would love to know uh, if he's going to create his own party, what party he's going to align with and things like that. I don't think he's going to run. It's probably just a stunt, but move on, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time for a real job for him. Number five, Love Island's Grant Crap is officially back with his ex-girlfriend after splitting from Taylor Demir. I hate the news this week. I know. That's from Kiss FM. Yeah. I'll just credit their headline. Sorry, I'm just a bit bit over it. Um, Grant Crap is an idiot. That's all I have to say. He's such a fucking idiot. It's so funny though. I don't want to swear too much, but that word, fucking idiot. So how long have you been breaking up with Taylor for? Two, three weeks? Not even. I think he was still pining for Taylor. She would have broken up with him, I think it was two weeks after the show wrapped and they had one that she broke up with him. It was probably 10 days. And he not only was back with his girlfriend, he was doing a we're back together photo shoot with NW Mag. I thought their language in that photo shoot and that that following interview was really interesting. They kept referring to their previous friendship before the show. I know. I just think he is such a wanker that I have no time for it. None. I I just don't think he's very smart. No, but there's a difference between not being very smart and still being a nice person. No, absolutely. You have to be spectacularly insensitive and disconnected from what the cultural norm or the social norm here is. absolutely. But it's just lacking like complete emotional intelligence. Yeah. His EQ and IQ can't be very high. Not at all. I think that's all I've got for you. (laughs) We were very harsh in that quick and dirty. I I feel like a bit antsy and grumpy today. I know. I think we need to pick it back up. Yeah, I know. I love you. I do. It might seem crazy, but it's not. I've said it to you a thousand times in my sleep. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. You're incredible. Will you marry me? Bachelor fans would have been hard-pressed to miss it this week. First, it was Bachelor in Paradise's Tara Pavlovich speaking to the Daily Mail about her toxic relationship with ex-fiancé Sam Cochran. Then it was Sam talking to Women's Day 
about how he was the victim of alleged physical abuse. Then it was Tara's turn, alleging she was emotionally abused by her former partner. It went on and on and on and all in the public eye. Mish, tell me how you felt as this story began to unfold very publicly. Conflicted. Yeah. Um, I felt very guilty, perhaps, that at times I've, I've been taking sides in a story where there might not be a correct side to take might not be my place to take a side, but I think when you make something like this so public and so outrageous that that's what you're asking your viewers or your fans or anyone who follows you to do, take sides. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel very, very conflicted about this entire debacle. I agree in that it's it's so hard when somebody releases all of this information to the public because you do feel a bit dirty and guilty for reading it. But it's absolutely only natural for viewers, for fans, for people who follow the show to to accidentally take a side, which I found myself doing throughout the course of the week or believing one over the other, which is not my role or responsibility. So it, it's really strange how these things kind of play out. I get really nervous when things like this are made public, particularly – Uh, domestic violence cases or when we're talking about domestic violence from a male perspective, I get nervous because I know how important the ensuing discussion and public conversation is because I think it really sets a tone. I get nervous because I think if we don't treat this seriously, then the next time we want to talk about domestic violence from a female point of view, we might be shouted down by the people who said we didn't have a smart enough conversation about the Sam Cochran incident. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And obviously the first question that are, is in a lot of people's minds is what if the roles were reversed? What if it was Sam Cochrane coming out saying Tara emotionally abused me and then Tara came out and said Sam Cochrane hit me in the face and bit me? What would the public sentiment be there? So obviously that is the, one of the first questions on everyone's mind that we can't be so hypocritical that we don't take it seriously when it's Tara hitting Sam in the face because the reversal of that would be treated by far with more angst and more anger and more frustration. I absolutely agree. And I think we should preface this conversation by saying it is so serious and so sad and so dangerous when women are hitting men. I think we can put that on the record. I think it's too simplistic to say, what if the roles were reversed? Oh no, of course. No, that's that's where the conversation starts. Exactly. And I think it's far too simplistic for us to say, well, if it was the other way around, it would look exactly the same because we know if it was the other way around, it probably wouldn't look the same. I I struggled with this and I'm going to start by saying two things. Like I said, I believe both of them and I think that's the hardest part is I believe that she hit him and I believe that he probably emotionally abused her because they both have kind of given pieces of evidence to that fact. He was likely paid for the interview with Women's Day, which I struggle with a lot because if we're talking about what if the roles were reversed, what if someone, a woman was sharing her story – all we have to do is look in the last six, eight, nine months since the Harvey Weinstein story we broke. I can't think of a woman who was paid to tell her story. They told her story for the better of the conversation. Yeah, but Tara was probably paid for her original story to Daily Mail. I'm just saying, if you really want to start a conversation about domestic violence, why, A, of all publications, are you going to go to Women's Day? And B, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth when you're profiting off this conversation. Yeah, of course, but that's for both of them. It, I don't think we can say that, no. Sam, or anything. I think that's both of them making money off something that they're saying is very damaging. 
And that's fine. If it's your choice to make money, that's fine. But you're bringing this conversation into a sphere where it probably doesn't belong and where it probably isn't the most beneficial to anyone for it to be in the tabloid magazine culture. And I think it comes down to a credibility thing for me. So if both of them are selling their story about this, who am I to believe and why am I to believe? Because clearly your motivations are a bit skewed. The other thing I really didn't like, and I spoke about this in the Facebook group, is his threat at the end of his Instagram post. So he did an Instagram post after he gave an interview with Woman's Day and it went on about how he struggled and thanks for the support and then he said I pray this is the end and that the ugliness can stop if it doesn't I have so much more to defend with I don't want that yeah very ugly very ugly and very threatening that is so threatening and that is the hallmarks of an emotionally abusive narcissist absolutely and I think any woman who has been in that type of situation where someone is threatening to release um for example when I was younger I had a guy threaten to release nude photographs of me um those type of incidents can be very very intimidating and can send shivers down your spine really as a woman or as a man I'm sure if someone's using or threatening to use information against you that depicts you in a not great light that's pretty disgusting We do always need to take the power and balance into account here though. So when we were talking about whether or not it's the same to compare Tara hitting Sam to Sam hitting Tara, we need to really think about what it means to be a woman hitting a man of Sam's size. So quite often, and a lot of the research backs this up, when a woman hits a man who is more dominant, more powerful, more intimidating than her, it's a self-defense move or it's lashing out against feeling like you have no control. If a man of Sam's stature is hitting a woman of Tara's stature, that power imbalance means he has control over her anyway. He doesn't need to fight back for his control. He doesn't need the he doesn't feel the need to punch her in the face or hit her in the face to feel safe or feel like she won't hurt him. He's got that guarantee anyway. And we always need to think about what is the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is I'm not sure Tara could really inflict significant damage or significant injury onto a man much more powerful and strong than her. Whereas the worst case scenario with a man of Sam's stature hitting someone as small as Tara is he could kill her. Yeah, and it sounds so extreme, but one woman every every week in Australia dies at the hands of domestic violence. We were having a conversation on a national stage just weeks ago because the front page of the ages you know, digital site were four different stories of domestic violence about women who women who end up dead. And I think that's why it's in a really important distinction for us to make. Not that, that male violence is not is not really serious and I think there's a conversation time and time again for also male violence experienced on the street. But when we're talking about violence in the home, women and men experience violence very differently. Yeah, they do. And it is a what is worst case scenario. For women, it's almost always death. For men, it very rarely is. The stats will say that time and time again. I thought there was a great piece on the ABC that I'll put in the show notes that surrounded their conversation about male privilege last year. So last year, um, Hack did a special on, on the ABC about male privilege. Did you ever watch this? No. Um, so Tom Tilly hosted it and it was really interesting. And basically they spoke about male privilege, but they also spoke about how there's a really false stat going around, uh, oh, false quote unquote, about how so many MRA and, you know, male advocates talk about. Sorry, by MRA, you mean men's rights. Actually. Yes. Sorry. Um, always talk about this one stat where it says one in every three domestic violence cases is violence against men. And there's a lot of fact checking going on about this stat because it's it's debunked quite a lot. 
and they talk a lot about in this ABC piece that I'll put in is that when intimate partner violence occurs, the violence experienced by women is more likely to be serious, involve abusive and controlling behaviors and be repeated. And I think that repeated point is really important. Like you just said before, very often, and we're talking in really general terms, we should be careful here as well. But very often when a woman is, is, is being violent towards a man, it is often in a once-off scenario as self-defense or because she feels like she's lost control. When a man is being violent towards a woman, it's often consistent, controlling and escalating. It right. often and starts works with along small... and works alongside emotional abuse too. Yeah. Well, it often starts with small incidents of violence and it escalates as it goes on. I think there was a really interesting quote that hit the point home for me that helped me understand this issue a lot. And it was in this same piece and it was from Dr. Michael Salter, who is a senior lecturer in criminology at Western Sydney Uni. And he told the ABC it was important to understand domestic violence as a pattern of behavior intended to humiliate and control the partner and not just any act of violence within the home or between partners. The one in three figure doesn't account for this important distinction. It can't tell the difference between a woman's random slap and a man regularly beating his partner over several months. For men experiencing violence from a female partner, it's primarily self-defensive or it's expressive in terms of a push or a slap. Yeah. That was really, that was really enlightening to me to be able to articulate the difference, I think, and why we take violence against women so much more seriously, not just because of the scope, but because of the nature. Absolutely. It's such an unusual place that we've found ourselves in. I mean, if you told me in April or May that the bachelor couple who just got engaged would months later be embroiled in a domestic violence stoush, then I would be very, very stunned and upset because we were obviously so excited as were many Bachelor fans when these two got engaged and their love story on television was beautiful and amazing and it looked incredible. And now we face this impossible task. How how can we honestly uh, ingest this information in this story? Because we also don't have the information to go off. We It's impossible for a woman to prove emotional abuse, really. You can't because emotional abuse really lies on a making you feel crazy first and foremost because you're the only one that probably sees it exactly it's all about gaslighting and trying to make you believe a false reality so how can someone like tara if she has been emotionally abused and as you said i agree with you i think he was physically abused and she was emotionally abused and they were both toxic for each other but it's very very difficult for her to come out and prove her abuse in the same way that he's been able to He's been able to prove his abuse with a few images and scratch marks and uh, bite marks. I think we can look at form. What I've looked back on in hindsight now is how he was portrayed in Sophie Monk's season compared to how he was portrayed in Patchler in Paradise. And those characters at the time we thought were very different, that there was sort of the misogynist person that we were introduced to in Sophie Monk's season. And then there was the over-the-top lovely boyfriend we were introduced in Bachelor in Paradise those characters are probably the same because emotionally abusive partners. And I was having this conversation with a girlfriend the other night. I am very wary of a friend that might start dating someone who is over the top protective at the start, who wants to plan something every single day, who wants to go move really, really quickly. Who wants to propose after six weeks. Exactly. Not always. Sometimes that is the hallmark of someone that's overly protective and overly obsessive and overly obsessive. And I think that can take you down a really dangerous track. Like I said, not always, but if we are looking at emotional abuse, that's how it starts. Yeah. 
I think they both need to step away from social media. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, why can't they tell their stories? I don't think this is in a place where telling their stories has benefited anyone, as I said before. I think it was a mistake for for Tara to go to Daily Mail. I think it was a mistake for Sam Cochrane to go to Woman's Day. And I think it's a mistake for them to continually post about this on Instagram. The way they're talking about it isn't helpful. They're not working with experts in the field who can really guide them to provide a helpful message it's just a really ugly shit show shit show that isn't doing anything good for anyone and we need to accept the fact that both things can be true both sides could have been manipulative both sides could have brought toxic elements to that relationship and it's done now it's done neither of you have acted very well in my opinion or very you've not portrayed yourselves in the best light I think they both need to step away from social media for a bit regain that sense of self and go about their next relationship with a sense of privacy absolutely if you or a loved one is affected by domestic violence, help is available at 1-800-RESPECT. If you're experiencing an emergency situation, please call 000. Hey guys, I feel like this year is really about like the year of just realizing stuff and everyone around me, we're all just like realizing things. 2016, looking good. This week, one of our lovely listeners hopped into our private Facebook group, Shameless Celebrity Gossip, and wrote, Have you guys seen this Instagram account? Linked was an account called Celebface that has over 500,000 followers, more than 7,000 posts, and content that will blow your tiny mind. The purpose of Celebface is to expose celebrities and influencers who use Photoshop in their Instagram photos. Using GIFs, or GIFs, however you want to pronounce it, the account's creators compare original images to the edited ones that appear on celebrities' social media profiles. It made us both ask the question, Zara, do gossip accounts and drama channels like this serve a purpose, or do they cross the fine line between helpful and bullying? I don't know. And I think I sit somewhere on the fence and I I fluctuate between thinking it's one or the other. Yeah. Well, let's start with Celeb Face. Do you follow Celeb Face? I've tried. They won't accept me. But it's definitely not the the only Photoshop call to account that I've actually seen. Okay, great. Well, I follow Celeb Face after Eliza put it in our group this week. And it's really important to note with this first account that we'll look at before looking more broadly at the trend itself – they're only really covering celebrities and influencers who are so famous they're untouchable. So they're talking about the Kardashians, Victoria's Secret models, Bella and Gigi Hadid. So when we're talking about celeb face, it's holding very influential people to account. People who won't be torn down by a celebrity gossip account with 500,000 followers. No, and I think that's a good point to note. The issue that I have with that kind of with that kind of point is it still sets a tone for gotcha moments and it still sets a tone and sort of creates an environment and a demand for holding any celebrity to account. So it feeds into other people who might want to create accounts and do the same things with celebrities who might not be untouchable, for people whose whom career it might destroy, for people it might start bullying. It's all well and good for this account to exist 
on its own and hold really famous people to account, but it does serve a demographic and a group of people who might go off and do their own thing. Okay. For people well, say, who aren't. say that did happen. Say some 15-year-old saw it, when it made their own version of the account with local influencers who are less famous and exposed their photoshopping behaviours. I still don't think that's a bad thing. I think... Anyone who is listening to this, you should go follow this account. It is incredible seeing how much Kendall Jenner, one of the most attractive people in the entire universe, is editing her photos every time she posts is baffling to me. These are the world's most beautiful women who still must hold these insecurities so closely to themselves that they feel the need to cinch in their waist, cinch in their shoulders, change the shape of their jawline in every photo they post. It is such interesting content. I imagine it would be because I think, I mean, they create an ideal for themselves that they feel like they need to live up to. I think a year ago I wrote an article for Mamma Mia when I was working there about this kind of thing, but it was about one influencer in particular and it was an account to call out Danielle Bernstein who is – the her Instagram I don't know if it still is but for a long time it was we were what Mm -hmm. have you seen her I've read your article I remember it oh thank you so much maybe you edited it um and she is an American fashion influencer and it was calling out all of the photoshop that she you know used to use on her photos and I remember thinking the first time you look at this account it feels very juicy and it feels very interesting and you feel like you're part of something the second time you look at it it feels a little bit dirtier. I think I find, and I know we work on the internet every day, but the internet for me feels like quite a scary place. And the last thing that I want to be doing is adding to a pile on of someone when I know it can be quite damaging. It feels the second time I think you go through these kinds of things, especially because this account was targeted at one person. It felt a little bit like bullying. And just by looking and liking, you're a silent, not even silent, but you're an enabler by doing that. This for me is where the biggest problem lies is because how do you call out celebrities and their propensity to photoshop even someone like danielle bernstein if you can't do something like this yeah it's such a murky troubling line like how do you be responsible for young girls and telling them that photoshop is insidious and everywhere if you don't do something like this which therefore could cross the line into bullying and making somebody else feel like shit And as we've said before, there's no publication in the world, in my mind, that really serves this type of content, which women our age are so invested in. These are our main celebrities and not many people are talking about the tactics they pull to build their audience and build their following. And some of those tactics are quite troubling. It is quite troubling for these women to be doctoring their photos to the level they are and presenting this false image of perfection to their young, impressionable followers. I see Celeb Face as something fantastic. I will say that. I think it is almost faultless with the way it goes about it. I think it is incredible. And I think it is very specific with the celebrities it targets and the content it targets. It does not go into the personal sphere. It literally just looks at, here's the evidence that this person is editing their images and what, how far they'll go. To how do prove- they get the evidence? So a lot of it is images from Getty. So public events where it's a paparazzi shot or it's a professional photographer shot or it's a campaign shot. So Calvin Klein's underwear ad, they'll take Calvin Klein's underwear ad from the Calvin Klein account and compare it to the one that then ends up on Kendall Jenner's account a couple of hours later. And they'll just make it like a flash gif thing where you can see every second the way she's editing the photos and exactly every area of her body that she feels needs to be cinched in and tucked away. I think just to argue against myself, because I'll probably do that through this entire segment, because that's how conflicted I feel, is that what troubles me a lot is when the perpetrators of these images 
aren't just not often being held to account, but actively making money off off the image that they're putting out. That's another issue that I have, that if you're making money off this image, maybe if you're a Tash Oakley who has admitted to photoshopping her photos before, who is, of course, um, an Instagram... Bikini a day. Yeah, I was going to say what a bikini model business owner of Bikini a Day who has A, admitted to photoshopping and B, been caught out before too. If you are selling this ideal of the perfect body and you are making money off bikinis that serve the perfect body, shouldn't you absolutely be called out on that, whether or not it's called bullying or not? Well, no matter what way you want to slice it, you're profiting off insecurity and the insecurity of your followers. So I don't have much sympathy for those who want to edit their photos like Kendall Jenner. I think it's just... and. Even Kim Kardashian editing the shape of her eyes in every photo she puts up. It's just eye-wateringly crazy when you actually scroll through the account. There is a difference, though. So then I want to bring in the Ashley Bynes lawsuit that came yeah. about a couple of months ago while you were on holiday. So for anyone who missed it, this was a uh, legal proceeding brought about by Ashley Bynes and her best friend who kind of co-own Gretty Rose the label or Getty Rose. I, I don't follow Ashley Bynes. I don't know. It's something called Gretty Rose. And Instagram was forced to reveal the names of three Australian women who ran gossip pages on Ashley Bynes. So they were, there was an Instagram account and then there was two Facebook groups called Ashley Bynes Rants and Ashley Bynes Business Exposed. They've now been shut down, but those women had their names made public who ran those accounts. I struggle with the fact that their names were made public, but I also struggle with the fact these accounts existed in the first place. Because although I I think it's so important also for people like Ashley Bynes to be held to account when she is potentially doing dodgy business dealings to young women, there is such an environment of the pylon these days when you do one, if you take one step the wrong way or you say one thing that's wrong or you do something tiny that doesn't land well with the public, you are suddenly the victim of the world's biggest pile and you are the, thrown up and spat out by everybody. And the idea that some of these accounts could be adding to a pylon of somebody makes me really uncomfortable and it makes me uncomfortable when it does get really bitchy and it gets into the into this realm of bullying. Yeah. So I wasn't a member of either of these groups. I've never followed Ashy Bynes in my life. However, I am aware that she is very controversial and she has upset a lot of people who have bought into her businesses and have purchased her products. And I know when we were at Mamma Mia earlier this year, there was a cover story that ran about all the controversies that follow Ashy Bynes like a shadow. And it was very clear that the way she operates and the way her business operates isn't foolproof and it isn't meticulous. And there are a lot of people who feel very angry about the way Ashley Bynes lives her life. So that brings another area of anger for me that I understand your point about the pylon, but I'm angry that every time there is a gossip page or if there's a drama channel or if there's something like celeb face that the people who create that or engage with that page are called trolls because I don't think that's the case I don't think we can continually call these women trolls for calling out influencers because how how is anyone going to hold these women to account and they are frustrated and they want to have a voice and they want to be able to say Ashy Bynes ripped me off and how are they going to do that if we're not giving them a platform to actually speak against this woman who has millions of followers but that's not their job like I understand that women who are ripped off by Ashy Bynes might be annoyed but actually creating groups to bitch about somebody is not their job it's their job to go and find somebody to tell their story for them it's their job to go to journalists it's journalists job to do this because the, the, if it's done 
smart, I don't have a problem with it. It's when we're creating little clusters of people, women and men, to just feed these environments that are bitchy and feed bullying and who are nasty. People get off on that stuff. Yeah, and I'm not. I would never defend that. I don't like no, but I'm bullying or bitchiness or anything. But I'm all in favor of women banding together and going. Is she ripping you off like this? Yes, me too. I'm angry. I don't think there's a problem with that. And I think we often allow celebrities and influencers to turn around and say, these are trolls, this is hate. Because it's not always hate and it's not always bullying. I agree with that. I think I have to be totally honest, even just a a week or so ago when we were having our discussion about Sarah's day and I was pretty candidly worried about that conversation with you in that how how the conversation was going to play out, whether that be in our Facebook group or in Instagram. Because although I thought we were doing something really important, which was calling somebody out for giving bullshit medical advice to really young girls, it's how that conversation is taken on by other people that stresses me out. And I did feel that sometimes people don't just relish in in calling out her for being irresponsible, but they relish being part of a group that's ripping somebody else down. Mm-hmm. And I think there absolutely is a difference. And I thought that conversation sometimes with with people – in the public um, domain after we had that podcast episode did border on people just relishing pulling somebody else down rather than medical advice. Not, not a lot, but yeah, I think the line is crossed a lot when you stop criticizing the content and you start criticizing the appearance of the person or the personality or the voice or whatever. So I do agree with you that when we criticize Sarah's day, we would never, ever get personal about that. We're criticizing the words that she uses and the content that she puts out into the world. We are not criticizing her soul or her personality and putting that on a platter for everyone to cut to shreds. No. And that's why having these conversations do make me quite wary, I guess. And that's why I get so... I don't know, frustrated sometimes about the lack of, I don't know if regulation is the right word regarding these gossip accounts. But then I, I get annoyed about the regulations course, facing the influencers. Trust me, I'm arguing against myself back and forth. I'll be, yeah, I'll be on the other side in a because second. Because this is quite a tricky thing for me because I honestly, if I'm being super, super honest with myself and anyone listening, I do get some kind of joy out of seeing these people held to account. I absolutely do. I really do like the fact that these influencers are going to be Uh, criticized or critiqued fairly for the stuff they put out because for so long I've been watching influencers online on YouTube on Instagram and for so long they've been doing dodgy shit for example advertising products and not actually stating that it's an advertisement that they're getting money for I'm sick of seeing Photoshop everywhere I'm sick of seeing influencers treat their followers badly or be rude or be racist or be insensitive with the comments they make. I'm so sick of it. And I actually really enjoy a lot of these pages that hold them to account. And I'm sick of it being called bullying because I don't think the vast majority of it is bullying. Well, I have to disagree with you there. I think a lot of it is bullying. I think there's probably half of it is being held to account, but I think it's the conversations that happen after somebody is held to account that it verges into bullying. And that's what I struggle with. Not them being held to account, but the nature of the conversation that we have. There are a couple of accounts that do it well do you follow diet prada yes love diet Prada. i love diet prada and and you love celeb face which i would love to follow if they ever accept me (laughs) and i think the two things that those accounts seem to have in common is the classic and age-old concept of punching up not down and that idea that you are holding people who are far above you to account not the little ones not the little guys and you're doing it in a cluster so diet prada for those who don't follow diet prada is sort of a a fashion Instagram account that calls out a lot of big fashion labels and fashion brands for copyright, for stealing designs, for things like that. And 
it's interesting because they have such a no bullshit vibe, but it doesn't feel bitchy because they do punch up. And I think that's probably where my line is. Yeah, I think when I'm saying that I really enjoy the accounts, I do. I believe that a lot of the people who run these accounts are very careful with how they put their point across. So as I said before with Celeb Face, the beauty of it is they don't really give much commentary. They just give you the proof and they let you make your mind up. The problem occurs when people jump in the comment section and it's everyone from Jane down the street to your best mate, Sarah, who want to comment really bitchy things. So often it's not the actual account that's putting out that information. It's a lack of moderating the comments that come through and jumping on quite toxic and mean and bitchy sentiments. Yeah. So I do, I think we're, I think we're both. I think we're on the same very page Very sure. on the same page. Yeah, very much so. I think it's just super murky and I think you're absolutely right. The com- the, the responsibility does lie at the end of the day with the account, not just to make sure that the, the content they're pushing out is clever and done in a smart way, but the fact they are moderating their audience. I will be honest. I do feel quite sorry for the three women who might now be sued because of their gossip accounts about Ashy Bynes because I can see how you would start an account with very legitimate intentions in that you really want to expose her for ripping people like you off. It can then deviate away from that. And those three women, I do feel sorry for them. I actually do. I think you can get caught up in something like this very easily. And I don't think it makes you a bad person because you've started one of these accounts. It's not something that I would do, but I can absolutely see the frustration. We We felt so frustrated about Sarah's day and we're lucky that we have a platform to be able to do it in a really constructive and beneficial way. Hopefully. But I just think it's all new ground. And for those women it'll be probably a lesson not just for them but for everybody in how to actually conduct yourself when you do have legitimate concerns. First and foremost, it's a journalist's job to call this shit out and people should be going there first. Email us, guys. Oh, yeah, well, I didn't actually mean us. I mean any journal who wants to do that. Just contact That's Lara their job. <laughs> hey, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 23. Before we go, we're a little independent podcast. So if you love Shameless and you want to help us grow, you can do a few things. The first is click subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. That helps new listeners find our show every week. We can't tell you how much subscribes and reviews and five-star ratings help us out. So please, please, please go do that or even just go tell a friend. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. Or come to our Facebook group. We really quite like it there. It is called Shameless Celebrity Gossip. You will find it, like I said, on Facebook. Add a friend if you want to do that there. Or you can also find us on Instagram because we are everywhere. We truly are. That's it, guys. We will see you in the Facebook group or on our Insta until episode 24. See you guys then. Bye. Hello, guys. Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. 
There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one. 